love and some, some kindness and some hope into your life. We're going to dismiss our kids. Don't forget tonight, 6th uh, through 12th grade does have youth group, so see you tonight. I think they're having a bonfire. We'll wait for them to go. A couple uh, things I want to take care of before we get into our lesson today. Uh, first of all, um, I want to remind you to continue to pray for the, uh, the two families that are getting married today. They're both from our church. Uh, it's the Lineback and the Heldman families down in Hope, Indiana, and we'll be all running down there. A lot of our people in our church are involved in that today. Be praying for them as they come together. Um, I want to also pray, uh, have you pray and be aware of uh, Deb and Dan over here. Wave your hands in the air. Both of you look. Come on, Dan. Get it up there. There you go. He's like this. Like it was broke. Uh, they, they had a little bit of a calamity this week. They uh, got struck by lightning. Their house did, not them, but their house did, and it uh, got a lot of their uh, things in their, uh, the upstairs, their attic, uh, on fire. And so they're living in a motel, and their life is in uh, upheaval. So uh, kind of be praying for them as they go through that. Also, um, uh, I want you to pray about a very specific thing. Uh, this is a hard thing to talk about, uh, in, in with, but you're a family, so I want to talk about it. Um, Keith, uh, or Kent Olson, who we have been praying for, who's um, the young man who uh, is a quadriplegic. He was rear-ended several years ago by a lady, and, and his life has been upended and been in turmoil ever since and he has fought for life and fought for life and fought for life and he is in a hospital he's been there for several months now again this is five six years going on he's in a hospital in Chicago and him and Darla his uh, his uh, I would call it his girlfriend right now because they never got a chance to uh, be married and uh, uh, they are making some really tough decisions today about uh, what's going to go on with Kent and so uh, be praying for Kent and for Darla and them. Um, it's, um, he's hooked up to so many things, and uh, it is not his wish, I think, to continue to do that. So pray for them. And just uh, my heart has been breaking for them, and, and uh, they were praying that uh, some good things would, would come out of that, and they just aren't. So um, be, continue to pray for that family. Let's pray. And we'll get right into our, oh, I forgot, the Elkins, uh, Austin and Aaron, they had a, a beautiful baby boy, 11 pounds, and I think it was like five ounces, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, guys, this baby is, is beautiful, but Reuben, Reuben is his name, so they picked a biblical name on the tribes, and uh, they, they are in the hospital today, they get to come home. And uh, this will be third, and they're, they're going to continue on. So we'll see what happens. So uh, let's pray. Jesus, we, uh, we love you. And we think about Kent today, we think about Darla, and we just uh, we lift them up as their family here. And uh, we just pray for peace. We pray, God, that you would guide them as they uh, take steps today and tomorrow to do whatever it is that... Um, they believe that you've called them to do. I just thank you for um, this church. I thank you for um, the people that, that, um, that serve here, that serve in our community, that just don't serve in this place, but that serve in our community, that serve through the hub, 
that serve through missions, that serve uh, through, through so many things that go on in our community here. I'm so thankful for them. And so today I pray that as we begin this, this, uh, this study into your word, that you would uh, just revitalize us and just remake us, some of us, and uh, just do what only you can do. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you. I went on vacation. By the way, I'm Jeff. I haven't told you that enough times, but I'm Jeff. I was on vacation last week. I was in Florida. I listened to the uh, service on, uh, online, and it was good to hear John, and uh, that was really cool. Uh, he was a kid that was in my youth group, so uh, uh, it was, he's not a kid anymore. He's a, a really great guy, and I uh, appreciate him and uh, his, uh, his word last week. So I went on vacation, as I said, right before I went on vacation, uh, my computer was acting really strange. And I'm in my office, and this, as I'm in my office, as I often am, I'm uh, working for uh, today, actually. I was kind of thinking about what I was going to do. This was two weeks ago, and my computer began to do some weird things, error message, error message, error message. And I began to, to see that there was all kinds of things going on, and then finally it just it kind of froze up. And so I knew what I know to do, which is uh, about this much in the computer world, but I do this with my phone. I do, I've tried this with my car, whatever. I did, I shut it off and I turned it back on. I rebooted it. I rebooted it. And that's, uh, it, it came back to life. And uh, it did what it was supposed to do after about 30 minutes of sitting there spinning and going through all the reparative processes and stuff like that. It did what it was supposed to do. And, and I was able to use it again. And uh, thankfully so, didn't lose anything. That's what I want to talk about to today and the next couple of weeks. This is kind of a reboot, a reboot. Going on vacation always revitalizes me, always makes me, uh, gives me a new perspective on things. And that's uh, one of the reasons I take it, besides the fact that I love being with my kids and my grandkids, um, is to kind of get a new view, to get a new thought of what God wants me to do in this, this next step of my life. Um, I... Uh, have have long thought about uh, what do you do uh, when I've been doing this this is our 21st year here uh, being here at, at Impact Christian Church we're starting our 21st year and um, it's it's been a, a great ride and uh, uh, the Lord willing I, I hope to be here another four or five years uh, at the helm of doing what God has us doing here and I, I've been thinking a lot about what do we do how do we go forward how do we how do we do that and I think uh, what today I want to talk about is, is just kind of a reboot, not just in the church, a reboot in you, a reboot in me. Uh, and it's not something that is scary. It's not something that is, um, it's not something that doesn't really uh, need, uh, need to happen. It's something that I think is, can happen a lot of times because it's so easy to get a lot of those error messages and so easy to get so piled upon and so many things come at us and just kind of... St- like barnacles. I, I saw some barnacles this last week on vac- vacation, and it just the ama- it amazed me to see the, the different layers and how many layers of barnacles that, that can pile up on something in such a short time. And I think our lives are like that. I think our lives are so much uh, to the point where we get so crusty that we need a reboot. We need a kind of a, a, a do-over. We need to start uh, over. Uh, and I think that's that's what we're going to talk about. So today is basically an introduction. So I'm going to challenge you to come back the next three or four days, or three or four weeks, because I just want to kind of get your attention a little bit today and, and get you thinking about, do you need a reboot in your life? 
at our church here, uh, we are uh, known for a couple things. We're known for the church that tries to help people, uh, some. Uh, we have the hub out there that does a lot of things with, with uh, um, people with clothes and food and other kinds of helps and different things over the years that God has really used that. We're also a church that, that has uh, decent uh, music. We have, we're known as a church that uh, loves kids and we do a lot of things with that. So our church is known for some things, but all those things are nice. But really what it comes down to is none of those things are what the church is about. The church is about changed lives, about a life that is given over, fully surrendered to God. And when that happens, God takes that little mess and turns it into something much, much more than we ever thought or imagined. And so that's really what we're talking about when we talk about a reboot. We want a reboot not to make us a better version of ourselves or to make us look skinnier or to make us look smarter or any of those things, but in honest, to be more like Jesus today than we were yesterday. That's the, that's the purpose of, of a reboot. I want to read a scripture for you, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. All these scriptures that I'm going to be reading today are on our Facebook page. You just open up, click, click, click on there, and every scripture is there if you miss it. I'm using a lot of different versions today because some of the versions really kind of spoke to some of the things that we're going to talk about. So you may not recognize some of these today because they're pretty far uh, different than the NIV or different versions that you've heard says this in Ephesians 4, 22. You've learned the truth that is in Jesus. So in regard to your former way of life, put off your old self and be made new in the attitudes of your mind. And put on your new self, created to be like God, truly good and holy. Put off your old self and put on your new self. Kind of a, a clothing talk there. You take off old clothes and you put on new clothes. And you put on these, these new uh, clothes that do something in you. So how do you do a reboot? What does a reboot even look like? Well, whether you're in retirement or whether you are in your, uh, raising your, your children and you're right and stuck in the middle of it or you're just starting out, uh, I think reboots are something that can happen often and are necessary for all of us. So today I want to kind of go through some things that, that, that'll get you thinking about. Do you need a reboot in your life? Let's, let's start with that. So uh, the first one is this. The very first place you got to start out, if you want to you have a reboot, if you want to have a start over, if you want to put on some fresh clothes, and you don't like the way things are going in your life, and you don't like your attitudes, you don't like that, that your first thought is always negative, you don't like that, 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 that you get in, you're such a, a hot temper and you come off on, on those people around you, then you need a reboot. But the first place you got to start is this. you got to start asking God to do something new in you. you got to start asking him. You say, God, I need something new. And, you know, any parent knows that around Christmas time, we try to see what our kids want. And we, we, we kind of bait the waters a little bit and see what they're doing. And if, if they talk about something one time, we just let it go. But if they talk about it over and over and over and over again, we're going to get it. We're going to get whatever it is they want. 
And that's the way God is too. Because yeah. a lot of us go, well, I want this. And we tell God, I want this. I need this. Okay, God's going, yeah, but do you really? And so it, he looks at our life and he, he goes, the things that we really, we ask him for and we ask him for and we ask him for, he really pays attention to those things. Number one, because he loves us. Number two, because he cares. Number three, because that's what kind of God he is. He cares about you. He cares about the things that are going on in your life. Many times we think, God, I want you to do something new, and I'm tired of the way I am. I'm tired uh, of this area of my life. I really want to stop doing this. I really don't like this about me. And that's what Jesus does. He comes and he transforms our life. Revelation 21, 15, he says this. He says, I am making everything new. That's the reboot. I'm making everything new. You don't have to be the way you are today. I'm talking to Christians here now. I'm not talking to, you know, we, when we talk about, you know, reboots, oftentimes we're talking to think about a Christian who is, or a person who's not a Christian wanting to come into faith with Jesus. But no, I'm talking about, about those of you that are here today that need something fresh in your life that need a fresh anointing of God to come on you and to start something new in you. You could, you could understand that when, when Jesus says, I came to give you something new, he means it. He has, a, he has a, a purpose and a plan behind those words when he said that. You can go to the, the Old Testament story of David in Psalms 51. I think I've got it up there. I brought it up. I think I did. Yeah, I did. This is the message version. I use the message version because I love the wording that they, that they said here. Look what he says. God made a fresh start in me. He shaped a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. This is David right after, right after he's looked at Bathsheba in the garden and go, whoa, there's Bathsheba. Yeah. He notices her and he takes and he sends her husband. and he, So he commits adultery. And then he sends, the, he sends the husband off to battle to die. So he murders him. So he, 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 here's the, the thing I love about David and what it teaches us. No matter how screwed up you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far off, no matter how fearful you are here today, no matter how whatever it is that's going on in your life, God is going to hear you. And he wants to start a Genesis kind of life, a, a new beginning, a new start in you. He doesn't want you to just drag through life. Uh, you know, I've got to do this thing today. I've got to go to work. I've got to be. And it's the way that we approach life with some of us here. We need not just a reboot. We need a kick in the boot. We need a kick because we are living life. Not the way God intended it for us to live. And so to understand that David can pray a prayer like that and that God cares and he listens to a murderer and to somebody who looked at another's wife and committed adultery, it gives me good feeling to know that no matter how stupid I am and the dumb things that I've done and the dumb things I'm doing, God is going to come along and he's going to forgive those things. And so I want to ask you today, as we begin this push towards this, this reboot, have you ever asked God for a reboot in your life? Have you ever asked him for just a, just a complete do-over? Maybe this week, maybe today, you need to begin that thought process.
So the second thing I think that we see that we, when it comes to, to get, having a reboot in our life is that we pray specifically what I want changed in me. What do I want changed in me? What is wrong in me? What, is, what are the things that I look at that I'm not smelling? You know, you, you hear the word nose, nose blind. You, you smell yourself and you don't smell. You go, oh, that's not, I don't, I'm fine. And your wife comes along and goes, hey, man, you stink. You need, you need something. You need to do something. We become very nose blind to the things in our life that are around us. What are the things in your life that God may say to you during a reboot Let's look at this. Let's look at this. What are the things in your relationships that you're dissatisfied with? Where do I need a reboot? Here's a question. I think I put it on the, on the thing there. Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt closer to God than you do right now? I want you to answer that question. Answer that question. Not out loud. I just want you to answer it. Are you really, really close to God right now? Or are you kind of far off a little bit? Then you know what? If you answer that question, yeah, I'm not that close. You need a reboot. You need a reboot. You're not too far off. You're not too far gone. God still can reach you. Do you need a reboot in your health, in your body? Do you need to reboot in your priorities, where you're spending your time and your resources on? Do you need a, in your career, your job? Are you at a place in your job where you're going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do? You need a reboot. How about your thought life? <laughs> Ooh, that's a big one. You know, the, the thoughts that come in, you come in your line, you go, what? Why am I even thinking that? And, and you, you, you visibly think about it and go, I don't know why that thought even was there. You need a reboot. How about your marriage? See, your marriage is either going forward or it's going backwards. There's no middle ground. There's no, we're just staying in the middle. There isn't. You say there is, but it's not. Because the longer you stay in the middle, the more you're going backwards. You may need a reboot. How about your habits? How about the habits in your life that, that, that are, you know that you don't want to do, you're not... You're not taking care of yourself in some area. You're not spiritually taking care of yourself. You're not physically taking care of yourself. You're not mentally taking care of yourself. Some habits need to change. You need a reboot. So let's review what we've talked about so far yet today. You gotta ask God, I want you to, to start this change in me. Give me something fresh. I need a reboot. And then, you need to ask him and say, uh, what, I want to pinpoint specifically what it is that I want you to, to change in me today. And then thirdly, thirdly, this is, this is where we, kind of the rubber meets the road here at our church because we talk about this so much here. We have to find some people to support the reset. You've got to find some people that can come along your, with you and say, I'll walk with you and when you go through that reset because you cannot do this by yourself. If you could, you would, but you won't. You haven't done it because you've tried it by yourself and you've been a failure. I'll tell you two specific instances. I hurt my knee. My knee was, was hurt this, this past summer 
And so I finally bit the bullet and I went to the doctor and I'm like, I'm going to need another knee replacement. And he says, no, you don't need a knee replacement. You just go need to do rehab. And I'm like, ah, what's rehab going to do? I go to rehab. I do the rehab. I love it. I love the rehab. And it really, really helped my leg. And every time I go to that trainer and that trainer, I sit down with them, they put me through the paces and I do my best because that person is there with me. And so the next day I go home and I get ready to do all those things and I do about 30%. And the next day I do about 20%. And the next day I just, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Can you feel me? You know what I'm saying? I used to lift weights all the time. I used to go in and I would always have different people that would take with me. And we would go in there and they would, they would yell at me and they, I would yell at them, go, 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 you know, lift, lift. And, and we would do that. We would scream at each other. Yeah, and I, I love that. And then I'd go there by myself. <laughs> you know, okay, that, oh, that was hard. There's hard. Okay, I'm done. Let's go home. You know, and, and it was like, that's just the way we are. We need people around us. We need people to step alongside of us as we go through these resets. And to not just to yell at us, but to love us and to take time with us. And that's why we push life groups here around our church so much. And I push and I push and I push. And yet so many of you <laughs> refused to get in a group. I don't know why. Maybe I do. You don't want people to know you. You don't want people to know what's really going on in your life. Because if you, if you sat in a group with somebody, you might have to really tell them that you're having trouble with your marriage, that you're having trouble with an attitude, with an action. You might have to really share those things. And so I want to be the loving, most kind I can be to you guy today. And I want to say this. It is time for some of you, if you want to reset, get in a group our groups here are not perfect. They're led by imperfect people. I'm one of them. <laughs> I can guarantee you that I don't know very much. But what I do know is I know that I, I love people and I want to come alongside the people that are in my life. So get in a group. We have nine of them. In our little church, we have nine of them. We have always been a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. We have nine groups that you can get in. I think wages start next Sunday night and mine is starting next Sunday night. So if you, there, there's a starting point, even though some of them have been going. Next Sunday night, there's two groups, two people that you can get in a group. There's other groups that you could get in right now. And you can walk in there and say, listen, I went through a reboot and I need some people to come along. You say, well, that's awful forward. Yes, it is. But it's, listen, it's necessary if you want to, to be the person that can stay the course of this reboot. It's a different kind of thing that, that you've got to do. Community is God's antidote to discouragement, to defeat, and to failure. Because we begin to think that we're the only people in the world that's going through what we're going through. I'm the only person in the world that's got mobility issues. I'm the only person in the world that my body is breaking down and I, when I wake up. I'm the only person in the world that has these thoughts that, that thinks every person in the world is stupid but me. But yet we all have those thoughts and we think them all the time. We need people. We need people who come alongside of us. Ecclesiastes says this, two people working together, you're not going to be defeated. Three people coming together, you're not, it's going to be incredible what happens when you have people in your life. Community is God's antidote to discouragement and defeat and failure. 
you feel defeated, if you feel like a, f- a failure, it's because you don't have enough people or the right people in your life speaking Jesus into you. I think I put, did I put Romans 12, 5? Did I get it up there on the next, under this? Maybe I did. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. I want you to think about that for a second because we've been ingrained in our society to say that blood is the most important thing, that family is the only thing that's going to last, that blood is going to last. I want you to understand blood is good. Your, your parents, your kids, but under, understand this. These people here are your forever family. They're going to be with you forever, forever. And so there's a new standard of looking at that when you read a verse like that that says, since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. You belong to him. She belongs to you. All of us belong. That's why it matters when we come together because we belong to each other. It is a stronger bond than the blood that got us here in the first place. That's a new way to look at this. And then it says in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Encouragement doesn't happen here. The only thing that I'm encouraged by is when I see somebody else coming to church and they're having a tough time, I'm encouraged by that. That's nice. Somebody going through a divorce and they're coming to church. I, that, I'm encouraged by that. Somebody's struggling with their health and they come to church. I'm encouraged by that. But I'll tell you where real encouragement comes. It comes when you're sitting in a group of six, eight, 10, 12 people and you're going, My marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do with my kids. I'm thinking these horrible thoughts. All I do is, is I sit around and I'm scared. I'm scared of what's going to go happen in our world. I'm scared about politics. I'm scared about, I'm scared about this and that and this. And understand that you're not the only one that's feeling that. You may be the only one that's willing to say those things at first. But you need to be those kind of people that can come into those places and say, here I am. I need you to walk with me during this time of reboot, during this time of when I'm resetting my life and trying to to go where God wants me to go. Leads us to the last thing. And this is the toughest one of everything that I'm going to talk about. It's tough to, to have people share in your life, but this is a really tough one. You've got to eliminate anything that's unhealthy or unhelpful in your life. That's where you've got to start. If you want to start this reboot program, if you want to start, and it's not a program, if you want to start it, you've got to start with eliminating the things that God, uh, you, you can't have them. You say, well, doesn't God do that? Yes, God does, but you can't have those things around you. Look what Hebrews 12 says. It says this, we must get rid of everything that slows down our progress, especially the sin that just won't let go. We must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us And we must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us. Every time I've started a diet, I have to go to my my go-to closet and I have to, there's things in there that I know I shouldn't eat and I do. And when I want to lose some weight, I know that I can't keep those things around. That's what I'm talking about. 
There's some things that you, some of you just can't have. Maybe if it's, for you, if it's a computer and it's a, it's a, it's a porn problem or something like that, maybe you're going to have to get an accountability part. Maybe you have to put a program on your computer. I don't know, but you're going to have to eliminate some things if you want to reboot. You can't have God in sinful things in your life and expect God to triumph over those things if you're not getting rid of some, doing your part and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jettison those things away. So what, are you, what do I need to get rid of? That's, that's, a, that's a question that a lot of us are going to have to ask as we do this reboot, this uh, reboot thing. What do I need to get rid of? I want to close with two scriptures that um, are very uh, helpful scriptures uh, two specific times. Uh, Colossians 3, 7 through 10 says this. You used to live according to the selfish desires when your life was dominated by them. That's before Jesus. You used to live to, this is me. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. That's before Jesus, okay? But now you must get rid of all these things. Anger, hot temper, hating others, no insults, filthy talk must come out of your lips. Stop lying to each other, for you have put off your old self with its habits, and you have put on your new self. There's those clothes again. There's some things that you have got to, have got to participate in. It is not, not everything that God's going to do. You have got to stop participating in those things the way you used to live. It didn't matter before you were a Christian the things you thought. It didn't matter who you hated or who you didn't forgive before Jesus. It matters now. And if you're here today and you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you need a reboot. If there's somebody you can't stand to look at, there's somebody that's hurt you and you've not forgiven them, you need a reboot. You used to live according to the selfish desires. What was that? I do what I want to do. You don't live that way now. Well, I'll do whatever. I no, you can't. That's not a Jesus follower. So in the weeks ahead, as we look to, to do this reboot, to, to come in agreement with God and to say, God, I'm gonna, I want a fresh start. You've got to get people uh, that are going to come into your life and going to hold you accountable. There's two stories I, I end with, two scriptures really quick. God's people were very discouraged their cities had been ravaged. They were under occupation. And we come to this, 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 this uh, thing in Isaiah 54 that says this. Times were bad. It was really bad. And this is God saying to his people, the mountains may shake, the hills may crumble, but my unfailing love for you will never be shaken. And my promise of peace will never change, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. O Jerusalem, you suffering, storm-ravaged city, needing comfort, I will rebuild you with priceless jewels, and I will reset your foundations with sapphires. Whew, I love that. Everything can be shaken in your life. Everything, but nothing can shake me in his loving for us. His love 
will always be there. He will never change. Yes, we're suffering. A lot of you are suffering, and I understand that. But what he's talking about, he's, he's talking about a metaphor. He's saying, I want to rebuild you. I've not forgotten you. I've never stopped loving you, people of Israel, that you were wondering, when, God, are you going to do what you say you're going to do? And God says, I'm going to rebuild you. And here's how I'm going to rebuild you. He says, I'm going to build a foundation, not a stone, not a cement, not a, not a precious, things more precious than gold, but I'm going to do it with sapphires, the most precious thing there is, the foundation is going to be in you. You will have that foundation of sapphire. I will do that in you, Israel. I will do that in you, Impact Christian Church. I will do that in you. So once again, we follow one more story. A story where Job has gone through the ringer. We talked about Job a couple weeks ago. And Job has had a horrible time. He's lost so much. And he comes to the point where he is, is, is sitting there, and here's what is said to him. Job's going through all this, this, this horrible time in his life. He's lost all these things. And he says this. Maybe. Could he not say it? Nope, he didn't say it. Okay, here, here's what I didn't put it then. Job eleven thirteen eighteen. Job's going through this time. He says this. Put your heart right, Job. Listen, just listen to me. You don't have to look on the screen because there's no screen to look at. Reach out to God, get rid of all evil and wrong from your home. In other words, all the junk that's in your house, all the stuff that's in your home, you need to clean out. The things that are distracting you, eliminate, get rid of them. Then he says, the promise he says this, this is the promise that he says to Job. Your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. All the hurt, all the pain, all of yesterday, I will take away. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I will take it away, he says. How long do you remember water going under a bridge? You don't. You don't remember any water going under a bridge because it's gone. That's what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to move on. Your life will be brighter than the sunshine at noon, and you will be secure and have be full of hope. I love that scripture that I didn't put in there today. Guys, as somebody who loves you so very much, this is my prayer for you in this series, that your life will have a, a reset, that you will begin a reset process today, a reboot process, and say, look, it, I'm not where I need to be. And God, I want you to, to do something in me new. And here's specifically what I want you to do in me. And I'm going to grab people around me and I'm going to bring them with me in the process. And then I'm going to take the things that are in me and I'm going to eliminate them and I'm going to put them to the side. And I'm going to say, God, start me over again today. And you know what? The good news is this. You're going to get crusty again down the road, and you're going to have some issues again, and you're going to need another reboot. That's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus. It doesn't end. We have the ability to reboot, to reboot, and to reboot. Let's pray. It's not in Jenny come. Jesus, we, um, 
We just thank you for your word. Help us to spend some time this week pinpointing specifically what you want to change in us. God, may we look closely at ourselves. May we look at our actions and our attitudes. May we look at the way that we treat our family, our kids. God, do a change in us. Do a, do a reboot in us. Support our reset, God, today. The reboot that we, that we come and we lay at your feet. We just ask you to, to start that process today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you will do what you say you will do. And we are so thankful.